I'm gonna pull yeah, I'm gonna pull up the comments and, and try to sort through the madness that was our Facebook page yesterday. That was crazy yeah. yesterday. Holy fuck. People need to go get a fucking job or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting around Facebooking all day. <laughs> <laughs> Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. Well, good morning. It's Black Sheep Radio. It's Friday and it uh, doesn't look too bad outside. Mix of sun and cloud and nine degrees in the hammer today. Ten and a mix of sun and cloud for tomorrow and then poopy on Sunday. I'm Ben McVie. Good morning. I'm Chris Brown. How are you doing? Yeah. Mark Lefebvre here with you. And Paul Morris joins us every Friday to talk music. Hey, Mark. Or hey, hey, Mark. Hey, Paulie. Hey, <laughs> and how are you doing? <laughs> See, you had, you had a fourth person, and I get all confused. Uh, we should do Barbershop Quartet now. <laughs> so, this, yeah, this is one that uh, we brought this up last week, and everybody went, yeah, that's a cool idea. Because everybody, you know, will champion the bands that they, they love, and everybody has a band that they knock. But when that band you're knocking happens to be one that is monumentally successful, and it seems like everybody else in the world just loves it, you got to wonder what's wrong with you, no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I, and so we put this we put this question out on, fa- on Facebook yesterday. Uh, Chris did individually, and so did I, and so did Mark. And then we put it out on the BSR Facebook page, and the results were huge. Huge. There's a lot of comments. And somebody actually mentioned, like, this This is a good question because it really shows, if you look at this list of your your the band that you don't like, and then if you look at a list of people's common favorite bands, the lists are quite similar, aren't they? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you could go out and say, what are your fav- five favorite bands? If somebody said to you, uh, let's see, we'll go with uh, Queen, Beastie Boys, um, Oasis, uh, The Tragically Hip, and Kiss, you'd go, yeah, okay. But those names all frequently appear on the list of bands you don't like. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, people are all over the place. It's so relative, and it's it's really funny, because you can you can read down that list, and and it's like... It's like reading a Donald Trump tweets. You just the more the further the down the list you go, the more enraged you get. And so we've sort of what we've done here is we've looked at each other's lists. And often is the case where I look at one of you guys and go, what do you mean you don't like them? Like everybody would else would, <laughs> would look at me sort of thing. So we're here. We're here to, to talk about the bands that we don't like that most people do and then pitch those bands back and forth to each other sort of thing. Yeah, we're, try and try and sell me on Queen. Go ahead. We're gonna pick. It, we're, I think. <laughs> I think we're gonna pick. We're gonna pick a song or talk generally about albums or about the history and stuff too. So I, I think. I think that's generally the kind of idea. Like, are you are you guys ready to go? You got all your notes. Oh, I, this no, is not. I had notes for. Like, I got papers <laughs> here right in front of me. I got a fucking list here. You got when when Polly comes on the show and you have to defend a band in front of Polly. That's kind of. You kind of have to come prepared. You know, you can't just fly, you can't just fly, you can't just you can't just fly by the seat of your pants anymore. You you got to get out the uh, you got to get out the pen and paper. Okay, Ben. Yeah, this this is no Cliff Clavin. Prove they weren't in my kitchen on Jeopardy moment. This is <laughs> it's time to stand tall here. All right, let's get going. Yeah, let's get going, Ben. Did you want to start with your first one? Yeah, Queen. Uh, and I mean, okay, so here we go. Uh, granted, Fred, and a lot of my bands were are 
I, I, I give I think all these bands will say, yeah, they're talented, but they just don't move me. Freddie Mercury is arguably the greatest singer in the history of rock and roll given. But Queen does not move me at all. Like not not one bit. There's what just I don't n- understand is how you can say those two things in the same breath that this like this band has one of one of the greatest front men of all time with one of the greatest voices of all time. But the band doesn't move you. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Of course, it, sure it does. I'm just saying the guy's got a great voice, but the the mute like Bohemian Rhapsody to me is is nails on a chalkboard. Ooh, I just I do not really? get that. I don't get that song. I do, I listen to it and and I mean when I listen to Bohemian Rhapsody, I feel like that guy who's listening to Stairway to Heaven backwards for the first time, <laughs> trying trying to hear it. I'm like, there's something I'm missing here, man. I'm not hearing it. I'm just I'm not hearing it. Could it just- and I'm rubbing the record back and forth again, going, no, I'm not hearing Turn Me On, Sweet Satan. And I play Bohemian Rhapsody and go, I don't hear a good song here. I just don't. Can I? Can what am I, I missing? What, what part? Like, there's like so many parts. How can you say you don't like Bohemian Rhapsody? That's like saying you don't like every part of Pulp Fiction. The movie's <laughs> no, like that's... nine different fucking parts. So does Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. The, the, the part I don't like is the part right in between the beginning and the end. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> if you're asking me to nail a specific part, there's just there's. I'm sorry. There's just uh, so have now. You, okay. Have you have you let me sorry. Have you seen? Go, go have ahead, you seen the let, let me, what? Go ahead. Oh, go yes. ahead. Sorry. Have you seen the Live Aid performance? Like yes. the Queen. Does that do anything for you? Like, does that? Because I feel like it's part of the appeal. I mean, obviously, you said Freddie Mercury is is one of the most electric frontmen in the game. I think part of the appeal is being able to experience them live and. And, and and definitely the the recorded aspect of it with all the layering and all the opera, you know, dynamics and all that stuff is is, is one of their appeals. But like if, if you see them live, like that doesn't do anything for you either. That's all fine and good. But Queen didn't own Live Aid. You too owned Live Aid. Sorry. If you want to see a great band and an electrifying front man, watch U2's performance yeah. before you watch Queen. <laughs> I I might argue against that. Yeah. I once used to think that you two stole the moment, but I also then when I watched it back, uh, when Bono takes off into the audience, it's kind of like, where's the front man gone? And the band is standing around going, where did our lead singer go? Oh, he's down there shaking hands with his audience. Man, is that ever exciting? I wonder what he'll do next. You know. Uh, all right. Whereas, okay. Whereas when Freddie Mercury stood up in front of that entire audience and had them. Uh, singing Radio Gaga, as much as I hate that song, that was a moment. Yeah. And, and you 2 is like, hey, look at us. Look how great we are. And don't get me wrong, when they were doing songs like Bad, it was like really moving. But there was a point in time that I thought, who's got the crowd? Who's really got the crowd? What we were doing is we say, wow, looks like you 2 might be stealing the moment because look what this guy is doing. And the music was great. But Queen owned the crowd. I mean, they owned the crowd. Everybody was all focused on stage, all hands in the air, all, you know, all uh, 110 million thousand people that were in the audience. And it's like, yeah, they took it. You know what? What I love about Queen is like, here are four guys. And I think a lot of people, they don't listen to the whole thing is that they are four guys who bring four different ideas to the band, you know. I think what really gets missed, a lot gets missed, is how great Brian May is as a guitar player in this thing. And if you listen to those early records, man, Benny, I have a boss 
at the winery where I work, and we play we play rock radio stations. We move around all the time, and every time Bohemian Rhapsody comes on, he walks over to the radio and he changes the channel. He hate, he's annoyed by it, but a lot of it is because you know those of us who have been in radio, we are just so tired of hearing the same four songs. Like the you know. The, the everything that was great about Bohemian Rhapsody is almost lost now because it's been overplayed. But I'm going to suggest one day go back to an album called Sheer Heart Attack. That's the one with uh, the album that uh, is before A Night at the Opera. Listen to Stone Cold Crazy for crying out loud. That is a real Queen record, you know. It's not Radio Gaga. It's it's Stone Cold Crazy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I you know it's funny you should say that at the very end because I was going to say I can sum up why I don't like Queen in two words: Radio Gaga. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that you know that and, and that was every once in a while a band lays an egg, and that yeah. was one for me. But I but you know Queen sort of catered to a rock and roll audience in North America for such a long time so they could so they could win because North America was where all the money was at yet they became when they became a, a global band they kind of looked around and they realized that there were other flavors in the rock and roll thing that they could play and out came radio gaga and all right look so how it, look how it worked at live eight like who am i to tell you yeah. what, what's the, what's the album again paulie let me write it down sheer heart attack cool. sheer heart attack there's queen there is queen queen two sheer heart attack and then a night at the opera all, all right. right i have i have I've heard your case. Let's move on. All right, Mark, you're up. So where are you going to start? Because I've I've seen this list and and it's 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 fiery. That's for sure. So I, I can't wait to see where you wanted to start here. You know what's so funny is I posted yesterday. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, what, who, what bands don't you like? Here's the one that I don't like, and it was immediate. Those guys are legends. Uh, my buddy actually said, "I can tell now why you don't like them because that always made me the cool one." So, uh, Be- Beastie Boys, don't get it. Okay. It's just nothing. Nothing is sacred. Uh, yeah, lyrically, you know what I mean. There's way better rappers. Like I just, I don't get it. It's too stop and start, and just. I feel like my daughters, like five year old and two year old, could go take some pots out of the uh, stove and make better music than the Beastie Boys. <laughs> just oh. randomly banging stuff. <laughs> Boy, oh, who wants to take this one on? Mm-hmm. Well, See, I, I blow them like Benny blew Freddie Mercury before he slammed the band. <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> yeah, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't exactly defend the Beastie Boys. I, I enjoy the Beastie Boys for sure, but like, I can't listen to the Beastie Boys for more than 15 minutes. Honest, I'll be honest with you, it, it's a little repetitive for me, but I, I think Benny, you were saying you're gonna jump on this one and fight to the death. Well, no? y- yeah, I'm not going to fight to the death. I mean, the Beastie Boys aren't the holy grail of music for me. But I mean, you take three Jewish kids, white Jewish kids out of New York. And at the start, I, and I, I think it was Chuck D who actually said this about them when they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you would have started their career out with three Jewish kids, white kids from New York who are going to make it in the rap world and make it the way they did, you'd have said that was impossible. To me, the Beastie Boys are about defying the odds and just what they became big in and what they were when they started and what they evolved into and i don't i mean if people say they're formulaic or it's just stop start i don't get it there is there's nothing formulaic about the beastie boys to me at all they tried all kinds of different sounds they were pioneers when it came to video videos like sabotage and just the way they presented the band and i don't know if you saw their um 
Paulie, you might be able to help me out with this. There was a concert video they did at Madison Square Garden where they handed random mm-hmm. fans cameras yeah. and had them shoot it. Did, did you see that? Uh, I didn't see it, but I know it. Yeah, they handed the they handed their fans, hey, hey, you shoot us. I mean, and this was before everybody had a phone, a smartphone in their hand with a camera on it. So yep. uh, it was it was it was a real novel kind of idea. And yeah, from what I understand, the results were were were, were a little messy, but good. Oh, it's fantastic. And it, it, here's the thing, though, and I got to ask is when you say you don't like BC Boys, Mark, what songs are coming to mind? Like what, what if you're going to say Arctic, uh, uh, okay. monkey, like just all of it. Okay. So I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of guide you into sort of the, all of it. It's, it's like me <laughs> yeah. and Bohemian Rhapsody, you like know, the, the part between the beginning career, and the end, until yeah, the end exactly. of their career. <laughs> there you go. Um, right, right in the middle, somewhere in the middle, sort of towards the early middle part of their career, there were a couple albums they put out and one is called Check Your Head. Yeah. Go get the album, Check Your Head, and there's a song on there called Something's Got to Give. And if you think the Beastie Boys are about one sound or are non-innovative, check that specific song out on that. Then check out that whole album and check out Paul's Boutique, too. Those are two albums you got to listen to. Have yeah. to. Nice. We'll do. We'll do. Paulie, anything... Anything else you're throwing in? No, I mean, I, I part of me is I just love the whole Beastie Boys. Um, just I love their story. You know, could you just imagine, yeah. these, as you say, these three Jewish kids getting together, Rick Rubin, and say, "Hey, let's throw some let's throw some metal in with all these hip hop beats that we're hearing coming out of the Bronx." You know, and it worked. And more importantly, just a sense of fun in what they're doing. There's this sense of, yeah, it's just like let's do some crazy shit. And in it, and sometimes it hits, and sometimes it doesn't. But man, I was on the air. I never remember when when Adam Yock passed away. And I was on the air with Christy Knight, and I'm, I'm talking with the Beasties. And after we're finished, he turned off the mic. And said, "You know, you're really choked up about this." I said, "Yeah, people love these guys." She had no clue because I, I just think she's like a lot of other people. I, I don't get it, you know. And and mm-hmm. maybe it's an emotional thing. I don't know. I think historical context has a lot to play. Like I think if you were around right when like witnessing the peak of the Beastie Boys and you experienced it. It could be very exciting, but I think in hindsight, um, a lot of other acts have added on to that sort of hip hop thing and, and clouded them out a little bit. But, it, but, it, but I think, yeah. yeah. When they came out, it's like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like nothing we had heard. And I, you know, I've never lost sight of that. And yeah, sometimes along the way, as I say, some things are better than others. And like anything, you just grow a little tired of them. Weird, but to say, yeah, I don't know, man. I give them a lot of credit. Okay. Well, as civil rights leaders, they sound great. But as rappers, <laughs> not so great. Got it. <laughs> All right. I guess I'm next on the <laughs> list. Bad. I guess I'm next on the list. And I, I, got a, I got a spicy one. I got a lot of crap for this one, actually. But I do genuinely believe it. I'm not just saying this because I, I want us to be popular as a podcast. Um, I don't like the Foo Fighters. I think I, I I'm I'm a fan of Dave, I'm a fan of Dave Grohl. I, I like everything that he represents, but I think that the Foo Fighters are dramatically overrated because they're probably one of the only like traditional rock bands still around making rock music. Um, and and I and I think that they haven't really made anything interesting in the better part of a decade. 
Um, I, I like some of their I, I like some of their their earlier stuff. <laughs> I like some of their earlier stuff, but I but I think for for the, like I said for the last decade they've just been releasing similar music and and people have been buying it up because Dave Grohl's a nice guy. Changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> the last line too. Like <laughs> is Dave Grohl's nice. Seriously, I think that's what I think. I think I mean he's a good dude, and and I don't I don't want to disparage him or anything. But I just as a musician, as a as a band, I just don't. They, they haven't really done anything that's that's kind of made me make notice. And I watched all the HBO stuff, and you know that that was one of the takes that I thought it was like. They're like these are all the bands that inspired us, and we're gonna we're gonna make music based on all of these inspirations, and then they come back and re- release this like another variation on on all the stuff they've been doing for the last fifteen years or whatever. I was like, I don't know. I'll let I'll let you guys jump in after this, but I just it, whenever I think of uh, the Foo Fighters, I just think that skinny kid that was drumming behind Kurt Cobain twenty five years ago is now the leader of like you said a band that is pretty much the only true rock band that's left and they keep plowing away and it's just at least for me album after album of that's the food fighters and that that is a testament to just how long they've lasted is you can listen to a song very similar to like the chili peppers chili pepper song comes on you know right away that's chili pepper song does that mean that it's the same shit over and over again or is it just that's their sound same thing with the food fighters like just Musically and from a live show perspective, nobody that I've seen before, and I've seen Eddie Vedder and you know, I mean, a lot of the the good front men, nobody has ever held the audience like I saw Dave Grohl hold the audience at the Sky Dome when I was there last year, a couple of years ago. Like it was yep. unfucking believable, and I just, I literally felt like I was watching like the the the, the last true rocker. That's the way I felt when I saw him. Be- before Polly jumps in, I just got to add to Mark. I remember that feeling, too. The first time that I heard the drummer from Nirvana had made his own band, and I thought, oh, whatever. <laughs> and then I, then I heard This Is A Call on the radio yeah. for, the first, for, the, for the first time and went, holy shit. Yeah. This is really, really good. And ever since then, I've been a huge, huge fan. Polly, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, listen, first off, uh, the only last rock band out there, I disagree with that one. But if there's anything that makes them stand out from everybody else, it's uh, genuine and authentic. Yeah. There, There are very few. There are a lot of bands that are in the rock and roll machinery that are playing to a formula. Hey, you know, I used to say, there is this factory in Southern California that are pumping out all these bands with all these uh, band generator names, and they all sound like Three Days Grace. And it's like, please, can we have a break? I mean, really, is that all there is? And then I lis- listen to the foos, and I hear, here's a guy that literally just picks up his guitar and finds the chords and then rams out these songs. I admit that the last 10 years have not been the most fruitful for for Dave and the band. They're they're really hit and miss. Uh, the, the last album that I really loved was Wasting Light. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing record. Yep. And then everything since then has been a little hit and miss. Maybe it's because, you know, Dave's running out of ideas. Maybe it's because Dave's family is now part of the mix and his life is way more complicated than it was back when he was on the other side of being the drummer from, you know, Nirvana. Maybe that's it, you know, or when it was fresh ideas and had something, a lot to prove, you know. But uh, I still think the Foos, I, I agree with you. When you go see them live, you, you 
all, everything you're talking about is I don't get it falls to the side. It is it is an exhilarating experience oh. to go to a Foo Fighters show. I, I will I will say that I've never actually seen the Foo Fighters live, so I I, I will take that. Unreal. I I, I it's believe that. Unreal. Cool. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, he's he's a, he everything that I've seen, it seems like he's a great performer. Um, I just I guess the 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 main thing for me is that that the people celebrate every new record that these guys come out with like it's like this big like celebration of diverse music and to me it just sounds like mm. they've been making the same record for the last 10 years but anyway yeah, you know what I, I mean yeah. okay yeah, well anyone else want to jump in on the Foo Fighters yeah I just want to add one thing sure. uh, is is uh, Dave Grohl as a lyricist the guy writes some great lyrics yeah. and I'll take you to a song uh, to a song on uh, Echo Silence Patience and Grace and it's a song called Come Alive and read the lyrics to that and listen to the song too and it that might change your mind. So write that one down. <laughs> is it a, is it about how much of an impact uh, Kurt Cobain has had on his life cuz it seems no, like so not. much like I feel like like half of the songs are all about Kurt Cobain or at least the popular ones but I'll, I'll give him a shot for sure um, okay. okay so Pauly you're next okay um, I, I love jam bands I really do I've seen a couple um, I saw Fish I've seen um, Wishbone Ash <laughs> oh no Widespread Panic and uh, of course the Allman Brothers who are perhaps the ultimate uh, jam band but one band I have never got is the Grateful Dead and um, maybe it's what I what I don't get is I don't get the jams. Uh, I get the shorter songs, and I sound I sound like an idiot when I say that. Like I love songs like Ripple and Casey Jones and and Uncle John's band. You know the greatest hits collection. But when the band open up, I kind of go, it sounds like crap to me. I mean, I, like I don't get it. You know, I the Grateful Dead and these and their their fans follow them around everywhere and live and live and breathe by them. My general manager at the radio station had had a collection of Grateful Dead bootlegs that could fill a room up. I don't get it. Please, somebody help me with the Grateful Dead. <laughs> or is there anybody? <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I I don't I I think there's consensus here that none of us get it. Yeah. Um but but it, I mean if I'm going to say one thing, I'll I'll take the take this for what it is. I would have put for the longest time Rush on this list Ooh. of bands I just but okay? And and we've said it we Chris just said this about Foo Fighters. Then I saw them live. Yeah. And something something changed, yeah. And I I almost instantly became a Rush fan. Now yeah. some of again some of, there's some stuff the really way out there meandering Cygnus X one stuff still don't get, but <laughs> yeah. I really did appreciate Rush a lot more and actually changed my mind on some songs just as a result of seeing them perform it live. The Dead are nothing like Rush. I understand they are definitely a jam band, but I don't think you could argue that there's no other band has been able to get that you have to see them live cult following quite the way the grateful dead did and there's nobody i know like there's nobody i know who was like me who said yeah i i don't get it who then went and saw them who didn't come back going now i get it now maybe it's the drugs but <laughs> you know, there, there's just something that they accomplished that that no nobody else I don't think ever will. I don't think you'll ever see 
anything like that sort of movement, that traveling road show that they brought to music. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I will say that there's something, something, I don't know what it is either, but something they did that created something that we'll never see again. And, like and that's the, the one the, thing the, I may be, I may be missing the fact that I never got to see them. And maybe that's right. the, the cues yeah. that I get, I get, when I read about people who see them, it seems to be as much about the experience and how they make you feel. Is it about, uh, song structure and, and nuance and all those type of things that are so important to me. You know, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I it, it's I mean when Polly put the data and I was curious most curious about Polly because Polly is the most broad minded when it comes to tastes and music. And I thought I thought Polly said he did like jam bands. So I was surprised to yeah. see this one. But yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta I, give it one to you. I've never gotten yeah. ever. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. All right. All right, Ben, you're up. Well, I know Mark's going to take a swing at me at this oh, one. Get my paper ready. I'm 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 expecting uh, <laughs> Polly to too, and I'm I'm going to put Aerosmith on my list. And uh, now wait, I'm going to add one caveat. I put Queen on my list. There are a couple of Queen songs I like. I like Killer Queen, and I like mm. You're My Best Friend. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's that's about as far as I go. What about Bicycle? Aeros- <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Aerosmith. Aerosmith does not have one of those songs. Not one. Are you serious? Not Jeez, one. Man. I'm not sorry. there is not <laughs> one song by Aerosmith where I go, man, that's a good band. I just I don't I don't think Steven Tyler's a good singer. I don't think Joe Perry's all that on guitar. I don't. I just I don't get Aerosmith at all. They are yeah, they said they're America's Rolling Stones. That's embarrassing to America. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, wow. I'll, let, I'll let Polly speak to uh, maybe some of the uh, the older albums. Uh, but what I'll say is, 150 million albums oh. sold. You wait, wait. You're giving Polly the easy part. If you're if you're trying to sell me on Aerosmith from Pump onward, you're gonna get crushed because that is nothing but shite. Oh, I disagree on the Pump record. <laughs> oh. All right, so go ahead, go ahead. 150 million albums sold. They are the biggest selling American rock band of all time, which might be why people say that they're like the Rolling Stones of America. They have their own fucking day. They have an Aerosmith day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's no tragically hip day yet. Uh, they have uh, 25 gold albums, 18 platinum albums, 12 multi-platinum albums. Now, the reason that I love uh, Aerosmith as much as I do is because of the 90s. That fucking pocket in the 90s where they released Crazy and Crying and Amazing. And they made Alicia Silverstone the, the, <laughs> the, the subject of every wet dream that I had. In my early age. That's Alicia and, Silverstone. That's not Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> and then Liv Tyler uh, as the as the videos continued. And this has to be the first thing. This is why I was blown away that you didn't like Aerosmith, Benny. This has to be the first thing from Boston that you haven't wanted to have in your mouth or in your ears. <laughs> so nice. that's my defense of Aerosmith. <laughs> oh, and here he is out here telling me that this is a great rock band and you list three of the most syrupy, sappy garbage ballads yeah. ever released. Yeah. Come I also on. Like, I also like what it takes and dream on. Oh, yeah. uh, Interesting you picked those ones. Sweet emotion. Oh, Benny? 
if if I mean, like Benny, you like you like hard music, and I think you like gutsy music, and I think you appreciate punk as well too. I'm going to point at a, an old school Aerosmith record that is perhaps not the first one that comes to people's mind, but it is the essence of what Aerosmith is, which is five guys playing in a circle, booging and ramming it down, and the album's called Rocks. Uh, that's the one with Back in the Saddle. Mm-hmm. And it goes on like that. It is hard. It is heavy. It is a blueprint for any great band uh, like Guns N' Roses that follow them for the way it's supposed to be done. There's not a lot of commercial hits on it, but man, it is just so badass. You know, there's a great clip online of a, a song called Rats in the Cellar. And in this live take, it runs 15 minutes long, and you just have to watch Joe Perry and Brad Whitford going back and forth, you know. And it's just, it's just rock and roll magic. Uh, Aerosmith are gods. Yeah, around a little too much. There's no doubt about it. Steven Tyler looks silly right now. It is time to hang it up. <laughs> but uh, like when they were on the Grammy Awards, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I said, "Go home." You know, I'm sorry. You can't even play two of your biggest songs and make them sound like monsters anymore. They were on stage with Run DMC doing Walk This Way. It was embarrassing. And then they played Living on the Edge. It sounded so tired and out of tune. I said, come on. But that doesn't take away about how what a great band they are. Go back to those early records, Toys in the Attic, and especially Rocks, man. They're untouchable. Untouchable. If, if I can just circle back as well, you know, what I mean that 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 pocket of, of time as well, where I was talking, where yeah, it was the the, the sort of the the sappier ballads, and you know, what I mean, they were it was part of the MTV generation and part of you know, I mean, putting out great videos and all that kind of stuff. That's also when these guys that were absolute fucking maniacs to their own bodies in the seventies and eighties cleaned up. And still went on to release big, and yes, they were sappy, and yes, they were ballads, and you know, I mean, don't want to miss a thing from Aerosmith, but or from uh, Armageddon. But that was a big song, and this was a big band that really did turn it around. And they could have been, you know, I mean, the Toxic Twins, and died that way, but they chose not to. They chose to kind of grow up a little bit and maybe make more adult music for everybody. Yeah. Uh, see, you're getting you're getting so sappy now. Why don't you grab one of those bandanas off your <laughs> mic stand and wipe your eyes for Christ's sakes? <laughs> they're not bandanas, they're stars. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> they're not they're dolls, so they're stars. action figures. <laughs> All right, Mark. Mark, you're up with your next your next you know what? Um, I was I was gonna throw my my seventies band in, but just because of the <laughs> the hate that this band got online yesterday, mm. it wasn't on my list. The hip, not a fan of the hip. They got and I, and I whenever I think that I think I'm I'm on an island on this one, but apparently not. There's <laughs> a lot of people that don't I like it. Yeah, and I and and the thing is is I can't pinpoint what it is that I don't like about them. I just don't. <laughs> I can't even say, oh, they've got a great front man. Well, they, I mean, they obviously had a great front man and they're Canadiana and all that kind of stuff. And it makes me want to like them, but I can't. I'm just getting out of Ben's way here. Start with turning off their mics. All right, look, <laughs> like a western, I, everyone like hiding, hiding in the saloon. <laughs> if 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 you're listening to this and you haven't seen what was on our Facebook page, there's no doubt that the tragically hip got the most comments on social media out of any band. Yeah, by far. 
and I'm not disagreeing that they're definitely polarizing. And like a lot of bands on the list and, and Rush comes to mind, it's usually the singer's voice. There's usually like not that's not the case with Queen. That's the opposite with me. But a lot of people who point out that they don't like the tragically hip, it's usually the singer. And yes, it is a unique and it's a different voice. And I can see how some people find it off putting. I really do like it, it falls in that that list of, of names like like Getty Lee and like B- Billy Corgan, where it's just it's a different sounding voice. It doesn't sound like your standard voice. But there's if you do like it, then you get to the music and then you get to the lyrics. And I mean, in terms of, yes, you mentioned Canadiana, no band as a Canadian encapsulated Canada from Attawapiskat to Sault Ste. Marie to the Paris of the Prairies to the 100th Meridian to, I mean, they were, they wrote Canada. They did. The the, the touring, the, just the whole idea of the fact that they were so huge here and weren't in the States, they were our and are and always will be our national band. They always will be. And I mean, I, I could go on. I get it that some people don't like the tragically hip. I, I, I do. I understand. And it's usually the singer. But if you take Gord Downey and what he was as a front man, I, he's the greatest front man in the history of rock and roll. I'll come out and say that the, the greatest front man in the history. I mean, we're talking about doing a primest of prime members of all time without so and so the band wouldn't be the band. Gord Downey is the top of the list for me, for sure. And I mean, in terms, if I'm going to recommend an album, uh, boy, that's tough. My favorite one is Trouble at the Hen House. Sit down and have a listen to that. But for more recent stuff, mostly, I mean, the hip usually uh, are like a band like the Foo Fighters, where it's like, yeah, the last 10 years, they got kind of weak. But I didn't find that was the case at all. Their last record was unbelievable. And, And before that, they released an album called We Are the Same. Check that record out from beginning to end. It's got a little bit of everything in terms of musical taste in there. And there's a song uh, on there called The Depression Suite. It's track number six. You got to check that song out. It is a beautifully written piece of music, lyrically and musically. It's fantastic. Yeah. And one more thing I will add. Had Gord Downey not passed away, they would have had they would have been Canada's Grateful Dead. They could have kept on touring as long as they had wanted to. And fans would have shown up with the same sense of thrill and anticipation that Deadhead showed up at Dead shows. What? <laughs> I oh, think I would, fuck, fuck me that. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 that, that, that's that's what I got. I, I think I think uh, it wasn't. You know what? The hate for the hip wasn't always there. And first off, no, not any one band has. I think the affection of every single, you know, person who loves music. You know, it's just sometimes it's just apples to oranges. But I think there was a turning point and. And because I was programming radio, I kind of felt it in the wind. And that's when when that last tour went down. Um, and there was all the love and affection. And it just seemed to be the only story. It just seemed to be the only story of music that day. And I think a lot of people kind of went, enough. You know, I love them. I think they're great. But really, you know, is that is that all we're going to hear? And playlists on radio swelled. Hey, guilty i played the entire tragically hip uh uh cd collection non-stop twice 
uh, on my radio station. And what it was was a um, you know tribute to an ambitious and great Canadian rock band. But at the end of it, I kind of went maybe too much. Mm. And after that, I got this sense of like I'm done with this band. Like we've enough. You know, yeah, they're great, but enough. And I, I got a hunch that that's behind the hate that we're seeing on the Facebook page as well, too. But Me too. I, you know, Me when, and, and when it comes to all of these comments, I like to just sort of strip it away and I said, "What is there? Listen to it." And the Tragically Hip were an incredibly ambitious band. They started out as a blues band who did obscure blues covers, and there's not a lot of talent in the band. But they continue to evolve. And then you had a lead singer that I think for years from now we are still going to be catching up to. Mm-hmm. You have to go back and listen to the like the and I'm gonna say the day for night record and just mm. listen to what's going on there. It's like I can dip into the Leonard Cohen records and I will discover something new for years to come because he left behind a trail of music and lyrics that just can't be digested in one go. And I think that is with the tragically. We are so used to them. I, you know, I said to I said to somebody, said, you know what? In my radio career, I've been playing the tragically hip every day in my life. There's been a tragically hip song playing on the radio because that's what I used to do. And I can't think of a single band that's like that. You know what I mean? But maybe that's the point. People are just sick and tired of it. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Now, I'm gonna. I just. I want to add this. When. when when this started yesterday, I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to come out and pe- everybody's going to expect this impassioned plea from me. And that's why I, I'm glad that Polly just said what he said, because yeah. it's an it's an emotional. I have a real emotional connection to this band, obviously. Christ, I, I sing in a hip tribute band. Right. So I didn't think I was really the right person to come out and, and defend it. I mean, I. Th- th- that that's my band. I mean, that's it's, it's my band. You know what I mean? So I really I did. did I was worried that it would just come out gibberish if I were to say why you're crazy for not liking the Tragically Hip. And what Paul just said, yes, <laughs> what Paul said it's, is my response. <laughs> what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, ba- your band, uh, your band, Ben, and that other band that's out of Buffalo, you know, it's interesting with tribute bands is that you, you know, tribute bands reinterpret the music. But more importantly, and, as, and I'm going to say this as a, 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 in a real compliment, is that when I watch you sing, I can feel it reverberate in you 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 know there's there's something that you connect with when you sing those words that we know so familiar and yet they they're different uh coming through you know through your voice and all that and you know that band out of buffalo is taking it in they're playing it with orchestras and stuff yeah like that. so yeah. they're taking it a step further but you know, I, to end this whole thing, I just want to say that uh, I've got some, some some reading for you to do here. And it was a book that gave me a lot of insight, uh, shot a light on what was great with the band and what was missing from the band. And the book is called The Never Ending Present, The Story of Gord Downey and the Tragically Up. And it's written by Michael, Bar- Michael Barclay. And it has incredible insight into the band's history and Gord Downey's solo work, uh, infighting in the band. And um, why the tragic layup never made it in the states? Hmm. And it's fun. You said, I've, yeah, I've heard. I've heard about this. Yeah, I've heard yeah. about this, and, and I haven't picked it up says, yet. Well, if they're so good, how come they didn't make it in the states? 
and it's complicated, but part of it is because they made this decision along the way to not work in the States. And they use the example of the bare naked ladies. You know, bare naked ladies, you know, they decided to move south of the border and base themselves out of LA. And they did everything. They played for everybody. They played in shopping malls. They based themselves out of the States, something the hip were not prepared to do. And because they have such a unique singer and lyrics and presentation people, it wasn't easy to buy into. But if they were in the face of more important people at the time that booked who booked concert tours and programmed radio stations they probably would have been in a, a different place than they are today wow okay that was great yeah. michael barclay i'm you know i'm Good definitely book. buying that i'm probably gonna order that today that sounds insane um yeah just yeah. just to tack on a little bit i, I genuinely believe that that uh, Gordowney is one of the best lyricists to come out of Canada. Uh-huh. I think I think he's the best, and I don't even think that's a I don't think that's a matter of opinion. I, I think it's a it's objective fact. He's he's one of the best lyricists ever. Um, okay, so I guess it's me next. Um, I'm just gonna go. I know I know we were picking bands that we don't like, but um, I I don't like doing anything kind of by the book. So I, I and I also want to be convinced. I genuinely do want to be convinced of this because it's it's really popular now. It's it's more popular than ever, and it seems to be surging even higher. And and for me, I've never been able to get into country music. Um, I've certainly I've certainly enjoyed some of the older stuff. Johnny Cash, you know, Willie Nelson. There's some new stuff that I can appreciate like like Sturgill Simpson and, and Chris Stapleton but as a genre in general there's I've never been able to do that I like to be open minded I like to I listen to hip hop I listen to R&B I listen to everything you know what I mean but for whatever reason country especially new country um, and even some of the 70s 80s stuff is just it's just off my list completely and and I'd like to be convinced if, if anybody's up to the task I got, I'm up. I'm yeah, up. Me as well. Um, country music is, uh, I, I listen, I used to hate it because of the twang, you know. Um, I just, it just like, eh, you know, I just, it, it, you know, pedal steel guitars used to make me wince and stuff like that. Maybe when you get a little bit older, it's a little bit different. The thing is, I, you want me to defend no, the genre? You want no, me to defend it? Bagpipes, bagpipes will always be bagpipes too, Polly. The steel, <laughs> the steel guitar never gets good. The thing is, that now, now I get it, and part of it, uh, I'll, uh, part of it is because I did a um, a pilgrimage, if you will, to Nashville, and I went to the Ryman Auditorium which they call the Grand Old Church of Country Music. And I went to the Grand Old Opry and saw a show there. And I also watched uh, Ken Burns' documentary on PBS called Country Music. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. Now, now I get it. At its core, country music is storytelling. It's people singing about what they're feeling and about things that they see. And what I love about it is that it's straightforward and it's honest. And it's really relab- relatable. And, you know, maybe that's why it's so popular. You know, mm. is that people relate to it? Look, at there's a pro- there's a problem with bro country. That's the li- that's the label that they have about these guys that sing about nothing but whiskey and beer and trucks and their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And it is part of the it is part of the music factory that's in country music. And I hate it. I you know my son my son listens to country music all the time. And we will, every night we have a card game that we play and I said, bring out the playlist and, you know, and I'm sort of, maybe if I listen to it more, I'll get it. And it's still not my favorite, but because we're dealing with country music as a whole, I like to look at 
the fringes of it, the outlaws, if you will. And there's a lot to look at. You know, you mentioned a couple there with, you know, with Chris Stapleton and all the rest. And, and I'm going to point to even contemporary artists like Casey Musgraves and the Dixie Chicks. I love Steve Earle. And of course, God love him. John Prine just passed away. And if you need any indication of what country music really is all about, think of the highwaymen, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, Merle Haggard, and Willie Nelson. You know, like, mm. it's great storytelling that goes right to the heart. And if you're not listening, you might be missing the whole point, mm. you know. Uh, yeah. Well, you know that, yeah, I agree with you, Paul, because I, I think that people, they get <laughs> they get lost in, I guess, the, it, they're not really poets. You know what I mean? Country music uh, lyrics. Yeah, I, I find a little a little less so. It's, it's a little bit more, like you said, it's a little bit more just very clear storytelling. And I think right. for some people that are, you know, I mean, music aficionados or are looking for something a little bit deeper, they're 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 just listening to those lyrics and not really listening to the music. But if you look, and I, I mentioned uh, this to Chris yesterday, and uh, he said, "Well, I mean, the Australian accent throws him off." But like someone like Keith Urban. That I, yeah. I, I I haven't even seen very many rockers that can play a guitar like he can. And if you don't believe me, watch the video of him and John Mayer at the Beatles tribute playing together, and they just go back and forth with some of the most unbelievable guitar solos that I've ever heard. Like it's it's incredible. So musically, it is there, but it is it, it's almost like you know I mean a couple bad apples are ruining the batch. It's hard to appreciate a Chris Stapleton because there's just so much Sam Hunt and and Blake Shelton and just that really you know I mean chew tobacco chew tobacco chew tobacco spit like that's literally the fucking lyrics of a song yeah so yeah. I mean it's they're not they're, they're ruining it for everybody I think yeah you, you 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 do have to kind of sift through it all to find out all the great stuff yeah and I, we may, we've all mentioned a couple of names here that are worth going to that you can sort of go past a lot of the dreck and just get right to the point. Uh, but the, the thing, my you know, it is popular. There's no doubt about it. It's but it's popular to a certain group that are looking for something that's really simple, that uh, songs that are songs and stories that are really relatable. And sometimes I think I'm just a big music snob at times. <laughs> you know, it's just like, well, that's okay. No, it's it's you know, it's so hick. You know, and it's like, uh, be careful with that. You know, you know what I don't people music. You know what I don't get. I can I can listen to to bands where they're from from Britain and you don't hear their British accent when they sing. I can handle Green Day from San Francisco sounding at times like they're from England. But if I hear one more person from Alberta sound like they grew up in Louisiana, I'm going to shit my pants. Could you stop doing that in Western Canada, like getting on the air and singing and sounding like you were raised in Savannah, Georgia? Could you do that? Is, that's the thing. It drives me nuts. That's the thing. It's like it's you know the, the it's a, a lot of the the new country stuff. It's it makes this authenticity play, but at its heart, like when you look at at the composition of it, and these people are are play acting a Southern accent. It drives me insane. It's like the most inauthentic thing I've ever heard. You know. Can I well, can I say as well? Can I just add? You know, I mean, there's not a lot of genres aside from pop music where you get to hear a, a female voice, and there there's some mm. country music artists that have some absolutely beautiful female voice, and it just it, mm. it's, it's it's lost because there's obviously not a ton of you know, I mean, rock women of rock right now. There's it's just not it's not full of women and women have beautiful voices so you get to hear a lot well, of it's interesting you say that there's a thing going on uh there's a, a big issue with country country radio right now 
somebody you know decided to actually you know like a group of artists started to write down you know the playlists of these radio stations and realized there aren't a lot of female singers on the radio hmm. and they said why is that you know what i mean we have you know we have hall of fame country voices how come we're not hearing them on the radio and it's a bit of an issue that's been raised and you know they're working to do that but that's radio programming that's not always the real world you know uh, you know radio is a business as we all know and you play the hits no matter the no matter what the genre of the record or the probably the the sex of the record yeah okay i do are we gonna do we think we have time for any more well i think yeah there's there's a few bands that we could run through where I, I just I could like. OK, so, for example, I'll start running through some names where I just couldn't believe they were on the list. And I'll start with Alice in Chains. Mm. I think it was uh, Liata. I hope I'm getting her name right. Liata Gilmore, who commented on one of the pages that Alice in Chains would make okay. their list. And, yeah, there's one where I just I go. I mean, I'll just I'll throw this out there. Listen to the Jar of Flies EP. That yep. record is just so good from start to finish. There's a song on there called Rotten Apple. That's my favorite on the record. And I mean, in terms of harmonies, oh. Alice, Alice mm -hmm. in Chains is on that list with yeah. bands like the Beach Boys and the Eagles and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Their harmonies between Jerry Cantrell and Lane Staley are just they're mystifying. Try yep. singing them. Try getting in a band and try covering. Try getting the two part harmonies down of Alice in Chains. <laughs> it's friggin hard. It's, it's Hard. It's it's discordant. It's really yeah. They are off, and that's what there's beauty in it. That's yes. when I first heard Alice in Chains. I said, "What is that?" Yeah, like what? I'd never heard harmonies like this, and I just I still listen to it, and I'm enthralled by yeah, it. You it's know? almost like making an instrument with their voices. It's pretty crazy. Oh, it's it, just amazing. It's, yeah, I couldn't believe Alice in Chains made the list, but there they mm. are. There's a lot yeah. of Rolling Stones references. A lot of people threw out the Rolling Stones. You know, that's like Aerosmith. I think people are tired of it. Mm. Like they want them to go. They want them mm. to go away. But go back to Exile on Main Street for crying out loud. That's just yeah. Jeez, man, dirty, vicious, just oh, just the best ever. Just yeah, Exile on Main Street. Saw the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, how can you? Say, like I, I get it. If you, I mean, when you have three or four hundred songs, there's bound to be a couple that you don't like. But give me a break. Come on. Mm. Yeah, what's wrong? Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> there's another. There's, there's another band though that I think falls in this category for me, where I used to, I did like them at one point, but just grew really tired of them, and that's Pink Floyd. Mm. They got, they got a lot of mentions, and I used to be a Floyd maniac, but I just, I don't know what happened. I just went, I don't hear it anymore. It's like I woke up one morning and put it on and went, what, what happened? I, I just, I don't dig it anymore. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I I I blame radio on this one. You know, Pink Floyd seems to have been distilled to another brick on the wall, part two in money, and, yeah. and wish you were and wish you were here, and and that's all people hear again and again and again. And I'm not saying that people don't go back into their record collections. Well, but they they don't actually. But man, it it's genius. It's like the Dark Side of the Moon might be the most perfect the most perfect record ever. And when was the last time anybody sat down and listened to it back to front? You should, with headphones on and the lights turned out. Well, amazing. Yeah, I know. It's hard to argue that one, but 
yeah, yeah. I just it's weird. Like I, I would be a monstrous defender of Pink Floyd, but I just don't have it in me anymore. I just kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Pink Floyd. I've seen Roger Waters perform, I think, five oh. times now. Every time he comes into to Toronto, and it's like the same show. It's like the Wall, and it's. I don't know. It's 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 my favorite thing in the world. I know every word, and we sing along. It's the same crew that goes all the time, and and it's it's. I'll I'll pay. I mean, I bought tickets to the one that, that just got postponed in Toronto this this coming summer, and and you know, I'm I, I'm I'm all in on Pink Floyd for sure. Me too. All right, gentlemen. Yeah, I just I want to wrap it up by saying like it just again what I said at the start. Look at this list of bands that are mentioned. Like it it's. Okay, so I'll just start reading them. Okay, Pearl Jam, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Beastie Boys, uh, Rush, uh, Rolling Stones. Be all these bands are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The Isn't that funny? The best. Yeah, I, if I, you if you were to ask people what are your favorite bands, you'd find every one of those bands probably on this list. Yeah. Did, did yeah. you say U two? Kind of amazing. There was a lot of U two as well. A I got a U2, lot of yeah. that. Yeah. You too got a lot. The Doors got a lot of mentions. Mm-hmm. I mean, these Kiss got a lot of mentions. It's it's amazing to me. Like hey, when you Paul. really it, the music that we love turns out to be the music that we hate all at the same time. <laughs> Paul, do you, Paul, do you have a sec before you leave? Because I want to know what you said yesterday when we were talking that it was uh, there was a, like you had an epiphany about Kiss, and I want to know what would change your mind. Oh yeah, about guys that got into music just to get girls and wore makeup on their faces, and how that <laughs> made it so that you you all of a sudden like them. Yeah, nice uh, job, Mark. I, I I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Kiss. Well, I used to hate him. I I used to be a music snob. I went to a show and I looked around and all I saw were a bunch of deplorable people. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, you know, I just thought it was the most stupid music in the world. They me talk to love. I was like, oh, please, you know, really lick it up. Come on. <laughs> Um, and then, oh, like I do so many, then then I do what I do so often is I kind of go back and I just just sort of go back to the beginning and listen to what really made the band. Here are these four guys out of New York City, and the music is brutally simple, and that is what makes it so glorious. The riffs, the riffs, the riffs <laughs> are so great. Just ask Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. He gets it. They came out at a time, you know, in the early 1970s. New York was a really rough place. And there were these other very artsy-fartsy bands like the Velvet Underground that were happening down in lower Manhattan with thing. And then there was Kiss, the antithesis of fancy, artsy rock and roll. They just stripped it down to the very basics. And that's what I love about them. Then they wanted to become relatable. And so they decided, you know, let's put costumes on. Let's become superheroes. Now, all of us go see comic book movies all the time, right? We all know the, we all know the, uh, Avengers, the DC comics yeah. and all that stuff. We all love them. Kiss are those very same guys. I think what we hate about Kiss is things I hate about Kiss are Gene Simmons and his arrogance and his ego and maybe even Kissco, which is the merchandising wing of Kiss and the way they almost seem to fleece their audience. But I will go back to the records and I will crank up and I do this. It's on my phone and I crank it up when I'm coming home from a show or from a pub is cold gin. It's simple, it's loud, and it's so much fun. And I think that is where the great Kiss music is. But 
yeah, I still hate Lick It Up. <laughs> you know, I said, really? Uh, I I'm sorry. The, the, line, the line of the day is I looked around me and all I saw was a bunch of deplorable people. Uh, that is that is a that sounds like a Republican convention. I worked with some Kiss fans and I yeah. said, like, these people have got some taste like they're they know their stuff and they love this band. What am I missing? Yep. You know, so I started to look beyond the deplorables <laughs> and, and found it, you know. And hey, I, I remember seeing Kiss open for Motley Crue. Kiss won, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, I said they're the real deal and uh, and I get it. But there are things about me annoy them and I think we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Right on, gentlemen. Yep. All right. Well, that was good. Yeah, that was Sweet. fun. That was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, um, uh, Paul, for joining us and going a little bit over time there as well. And, and, I, and hopefully- I said I was I, I didn't want it to be a monologue, though, but I had so many things to say about all that stuff. <laughs> I know. No, I thought that was really good, yeah, guys. Fun. Yeah, that's fun. All right. Yeah. Have a good day, everybody. And uh, be safe. And if you're working, enjoy your work day. And if you're not working, uh, don't start drinking until afternoon. Damn! Too late. <laughs> I'm off to work at the winery. I'm all set. Bye. <laughs> all right. See you guys. Cheers, everybody. This has been another episode of Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie and Chris Brown. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to follow, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.